Francis here and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. Um, how you guys doing? You know, I'm I'm good. Nothing much is going on. I've been uh, watching The Real Housewives of New York. I started at season three. I find that if you're doing a rewatch of Housewives, start at season three. Uh, season one is usually, you know, it's the first pancake, you know, it's gross. Uh, season two, they're working it out. Season three is where it usually starts working. Um, and season three of, of New York is the season that Jill and Bethany break up. It's very, it's, it's interesting to watch this at this point. Uh, Bethany and, uh, Jason are a thing. Uh, she finds that she's pregnant. Um, we find out they get engaged, obviously. It's hard watching Bethany talk about how Jason's her best friend. It's like, ugh. (laughs) Have you ever had a friend? <laughs> you think that's your best friend? Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, Jason and his fucking dad jeans. Um, you know, Bethany is Bethany, you know? And, you know, she's taking a pregnancy test on camera. You know, she's like, whatever. And uh, it's hard to, like, I find that I have a lot in common with Bethany. I'll say any fucking thing. <laughs> Like, I really will say any fucking thing. You you got to stop letting me talk, guys, because I'll just be like, Ugh. And then, like, maybe two weeks later, you'll play me a recording of me saying, I'll be like, why the fuck would I say that? <laughs> um, but it, it's hard to watch Bethany and remember how much we ate her up. Like, she really was incredibly watchable, incredibly... We thought she was so funny. I mean, now, like... <sighs> She called Lou a dumb drag queen. And the thing is, this is the thing, is that when this shit came out, what Bethany was saying was funny, right? Now, if somebody was like, yeah, then this drag queen, uh, then, you know, then then this bitch like a drag queen show, I'd be like, what? <laughs> but again, at the time, all my favorite women sounded like Bethany Brash and just saying whatever. Remember when she said that Simon was in a gay panic? This would not be funny to me. I'd be like, why do you have to say that? Why can't you just say, isn't it weird that he's spending all his time calling to talk about his fucking pants? Why does, why does that have to be a gay panic? Uh, um, Yeah, it, it's hard to watch Bethany. But, but listen, we've changed, not Bethany. That's a, this is legit. People ate this shit up, including me, but I've changed, you know? Um, but I was talking about this on Twitter. Uh, you guys can follow me at okay then Princess on Twitter or Instagram. And I was talking about how we try to go back to these episodes with new perspective, right? With more information and, and to like, look, like really fucking look at them because, you know, uh, the first time around, you're often swayed by the edit, by the type of music they play, how what they want you to think. And this time, like, I'm always going, okay, is this actually as bad as I thought it was? And guys, as much as I find Bethany annoying now, I'm still on her side when it comes to Jill and Beth and Bethany. And it's it's honestly... Jill is out of motherfucking control, guys. Jill is like basically going around town with a a voicemail 
on a on a tape recorder. Guys, that's how, it's not even on her phone. You know how like now we would have saved the audio to our phone and you'd be able to just pick it up. She's got a separate device, a tape recorder that she's walking around town playing Bethany's um, voicemail. And Bethany's voicemail is like, you gotta get a hobby. You gotta get a hobby. You gotta do something besides picking these fights and everything. But as Bethany explains, I just got an email from her because I guess, uh, you know, Bethany's getting more opportunities. Jeff, uh, Jill is a social climber. This is what she is, okay? This, let's call it fucking spade a spade. She's a social climber. She might as well be on the Gilded Age. But so she's, so she's, um, Bethany's getting opportunities because, you know, she's a breakout star. And I guess she got this trip to, mm, I don't know where. I want to say Barbados. It's someplace like that. And she took Jason with her. Because she was just getting to know Jay. I don't know. It was, it was supposed to be like a, a, a couple's thing. And Jill was upset that she couldn't go. And she'd been sending her like kind of like emails, snarky emails about, oh, now you forgot your friend, blah, 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 blah. And that's what it was response to. But Jill's walking around with this thing. Like just playing it for people. I mean, she swung fucking hard, guys. She swung so hard in this season. She wanted it. She, she just knew she was going to come out on top. And I bet to this day, it shocks her that she didn't that she didn't win this. And the thing is, is that so like as the season starts, Bethany is confused. She's like, "Yeah, we got into a little something." I mean, she was sending me weird emails. I sent her, I sent her a voicemail, and but Jill is, Jill, what you know what? Jill wants an apology. Jill wants an apology, guys. And I understand that. Me and my husband got into it the other day, and he yelled at me in the morning, about six o'clock in the morning, he yelled at me. And I was like, <laughs> bad move. Because <laughs> I'm never gonna let this go until you give me a formal fucking apology. And I didn't. I went all day. <laughs> Usually I call him several times. We talk on the phone, we text him. Mm-mm. No, mm-mm. He comes home. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. I am barely acknowledging because I want a fucking apology, a formal apology. I actually want it written, but you know nobody wants to do that anymore. So he's like, "Oh, did you eat? Can I make you something to eat?" Um, blah blah blah. You look nice today. And I turned to him. I was like, "I know you're trying to like make up with me, but it's impossible for you to make up with me until I get a formal apology from you." And he was like, for this morning, I was like, yeah, I want to, you have to apologize to me. You have to say, you have to look me in my eye. You have to say what you did and how you're so sorry about it. And he was like, princess. And I was like, listen, I don't make the rules. I mean, I do make the rules, but I'm not changing the rules. And he, you know, he left the room and everything. And I continued to uh, feed my my grudges, you know, just like make sure. See, the only way to stay angry is to remind yourself why you're still mad. Like keep telling yourself the story of why you're mad so you can keep that, stoke that fire. Stay angry. And, uh, you know, it was about 8 o'clock at night and he was like, <laughs> he showed up in the bedroom and he was just standing there. I was like, yes. And he goes, I'd like to make a formal apology. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, you know what? Come on, sit down. Let's hear your apology. <laughs> and he did apologize to me. And I said, and what for? 
What are we apologizing for? Could you list what we're apologizing for? <laughs> and he did. And I said, okay, great. We're back in love again. <laughs> so listen, I get where Jill's coming from. What she wanted was for Bethany to show up flowers in hand and go, I'm so sorry, Jill. I'm so sorry I, for not being as good a friend to you as you had been to me or whatever it is. She wanted that. But the problem was she pushed her too hard. You know, if uh, if Jill hadn't like, first of all, gone to everybody they knew and played a fucking voicemail for them. You know, it, it, her and, and, and Lou were walking around calling Bessie aggressive. <laughs> like, I mean, they really were like playing this shit hard, hard. This is the season, by the way, the the, the iconic scene where Bessie and Lou go to lunch and, and Lou essentially, Lou is broke. <laughs> Lou ain't got no fucking money. Lou is out living in fucking Hamptons. Okay, she, she didn't have a place for the, the marriage. Broke. Like, Lou is down. Down bad, baby. And, and so, like, when she forces Bethany to pay for her fucking lunch or whatever, I'm like, yeah, she needed you to pay for her lunch, Bethany. <laughs> but anyway, and then, like, anytime Bethany wants to talk to Jill, she's like, you hurt me. Bobby almost died. <laughs> you didn't show up. And she's like, why would I? She And Bethany rightfully says, I would not contact Bobby if you and I are in a fight. Because that's like going around. And I, I feel the same way. If me and you are in it and you call and you contact Mr. Curtis, we we double in it now. Because Mr. Curtis belongs to me. You go through him, you go through me to get to him. So like she but you know, Jill held that against her too. At one point, Bethany and Jill are talking, and she's and she's like, Yeah, I did get a hobby, Bethany. My hobby was taking uh what is what the fuck is his name? Mr. Zaren, Bobby. My hobby was taking Bobby to the hospital because he got cancer. And, and like, Bethany's like, I didn't know he was really sick. He was sick. He was in the hospital. Well, you were like, you know, you're blogging. She's talking about the fucking Bravo blog, guys. She's, remember those? You're blogging. You're right here. You're there. I didn't know he was super sick. Well, he was. And you wouldn't know because you didn't call. <laughs> and, like, Bethany's trying to talk to her. She's like, I didn't know. And, you know, she's like, you know, she's, she's. Uh, trying to talk to her and Lou is like it's time to go Jill Bethany not here it's time to go (laughs) like she's taking her away you know how when James Brown would like you know do do his thing he'd get all wild and sweaty and sweat out his ex-girl he didn't have his girl he had a pressing girl his pressing girl and then and then eventually he'd be too weak to go on and and his dancers would have to come out there and put a cape on him and he would and try to like take him off the stage. He throw the cape off and jump back in the air. That's Jill and Lou. <laughs> they got this whole orchestrated thing where Lou's like, we must go. We have to go. It's too much for you, Bethany. If it's too much for you, Jill, it's too much. And Jill throws off the cape and goes, and another thing. And there. Oh, like, and what? Like, Lou is like hanging off the phone on Bethany so, so they can stop talking. Bethany's on the street crying, right? Because she's just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, Bethany is very confused. Now, I don't think Bethany would be that confused now, right? She understood Jill's playing the long game here. But the problem is she pushed her too hard. 
And when you want to act all wild, like I do, <laughs> especially when it comes to my husband, <laughs> when you want to act all wild and overdramatic and, 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 and want to take it to the streets, you need to un- you need to do this for the soft touch. Because if you push people too far, they don't want to make up with you. They don't. <laughs> and that's what happened. Bethany's basically like, no, no. And, and the other thing that happened is Bethany got pregnant. Bethany got pregnant and engaged. And there's a bit of power that she got from that. Here are all these things, these nice things that are happening. You know, that it's hard to describe because I don't feel this way. I don't feel like someone getting engaged adds power to them. But certain social studies, social circles getting engaged adds power because now you have all these events that you're going to be inviting people to, you know, the lights on you and stuff. And Jill immediately was like, oh shit. Because I would have been a part of that. I He would have come to me to go get the, to get the ring and everything. I would have been the first person she called on camera about the fucking, about, you know, being pregnant. And she would have been. There's nobody else for Bethany to call. Bethany is alone in the world. And, and she's alone in the similar ways now. But, and I think Jill was like, oh, fuck, I'm missing out on camera time. I'm missing out on, I'm missing out. But by this point, she has pushed Bethany so far. Bethany doesn't want to make up with her. And then Jill's on the ketchup. Mm. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, you know, this season, I'm, I'm about halfway through the season. I, I just finished Scary Island. Um, this season is the season of Kelly not knowing what the fuck is going on. Guys, Kelly is e- either the biggest dumb dumb in the world or an evil fucking genius. People keep fighting around Kelly and Kelly doesn't notice. Like, so Luann and Bethany are arguing at a fashion show. That Kelly is also there. They're, they're all there together. They're they're arguing like like uh, Bethany calls Luann like some vicious names because I guess Luann's been doing some shit behind her back, and this is after like Bethany's talking about like she regrets going like at that lunch in the Hamptons where Lou tells her that uh, it's tacky for her to be riding around in a skinny girl car. It kind of is tacky, but the thing is, it's tackier now because we know she can afford a car, right? At the time, it wasn't, it was tacky, but understandable because Bethany can't afford a fucking, Bethany's broke, guys. So, like, it's, 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 at the, it, it's more tacky when she shows up with a, with a skinny girl blender now. Back then, Having a skinny girl blender, she'd be like, she would be like, oh, that's the only blender she has access to. But yeah, so, but Bethany says, you know, I'm, I I feel bad that I didn't say anything at the time. I just let her run over me. And it's this fashion show. I guess it's the first time they've seen each other. So she's basically like, fuck you, Luann. Fuck you and your whole crew you run with. And <laughs> so they have this like fight. And Luann's like, at a fashion show? And Bethany's like, yeah, at a fucking fashion show. So they have this whole fight. And then they have to sit down for the fucking fashion show. And it's, they're sitting like this. Bethany, Kelly, Luann. And then apparently somebody Kelly knows. Because after this big fight, Kelly goes, could you switch seats with me? I know this person over here. And now Bethany and Luann sit next to each other. And I'm like, where the fuck, what is going on with Kelly? Another time, so when it is announced that Bethany's engaged and they're all at the same party, uh... 
Jill and Lou are off to the side looking like Cinderella's evil stepsisters, by the way. And, and Kelly comes over and is like, I got two announcements. One, I'm dressed very femme tonight, which is new for me. And two, Bethany's engaged. And they're like, oh, okay. Okay. And then Kelly goes to him. Jason, Jason, come over here. Come over here. And then forces Jill and Luann to hug Jason, who they're in an active fight. Jason obviously knows this because he's like, I don't want any more drama, blah, blah, blah. It's so. It's so like something going on with Kelly. I actually think something's wrong with Kelly. Um, and by wrong, I mean like something's off with Kelly. Uh, like Scary Island, right? Obviously, like I said, I want to go back. I want to see things differently. I want to like make sure I'm looking at all of this stuff. And guys, Scary Island is no different. It really isn't any different than than the first time I saw it. Kelly is on one from moment fucking one she's misunderstanding jokes and like something happens with wine and Bethany is incredibly pregnant and her father just died she shouldn't be on the fucking trip to be honest but she's on the trip and there's some some joke about wine and 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 Bethany's like yeah I'll stop those grapes in the refrigerator and Kelly's like ew I'm gonna eat those grapes why would you put your feet on them like shit, shit like that she's misunderstanding a lot of stuff it's, it's, she's aggressive towards Bethany in a way that like, I mean, they, they've not, they got into it the season prior, the season prior, season two is the, I'm up here, you're down there. And who is she? Madonna? That thing. And, um, I, they, they've got, like, Bethany is forced to branch out because she and Jill are in a fight. So Bethany spent a lot of time with Alex. Bethany is, has made up with, with, uh. Kelly and like she just has to Sonia's new so they're all spending time together but it's obvious that Kelly is still mad at Bethany like really fucking mad at Bethany and she's on one from the start she's like I don't know if you're a chef or a cook or whatever and it's not just that this is like three episodes and Kelly will not stop saying that Bethany doesn't know what she's doing she's like oh you diced all these most chefs don't like it's really what she's like did you go to school I mean and then she's in the in the confessional be like I don't care about her resume and I'm like why are you picking it she's really picking at her um and it's it's like it's escalating 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 to one point where um Kelly calls Bethany a hoe bag because they're talking about dating Sonia's dating and Sonia's like talking about a one-night stand and Kelly's like I would never have a one-night stand and so just like I've had a one-night stand Bethany's had a one-night stand and she's like I'm not a hoe bag like Bethany and Bethany's just like sitting there <laughs> like not doing shit now here's the thing Kelly Ben Simone if you had been on the Real Housewives of Atlanta <laughs> standing in front of somebody and calling them a hoe bag like out of fucking nowhere you might have got your shit rocked okay <laughs> You're lucky you are in New York. I like the the way I had forgotten that she's just like not a hoe bag like this Bethany bitch here. And like, she and then she starts going at Bethany and Bethany's like, "What is going on?" She's like, "You've hurt my family by calling me Madonna." And I'm like, 
girl. <laughs> but she's upset, you know. And by the time we get to the go to bed, go to bed, it's like, um, behind the scenes, production has like talked about how they had taken Kelly to her room over and over again. And she kept just popping back up saying wild shit, starting shit, speaking nonsense. Nobody knows what she's saying. She's like, oh, I'll sharp it. Like it is, it is disconcerting to watch. And it is Kelly. And I don't know what's going on with Kelly. Obviously, I don't know what's going on. I mean, this is where we get turtle time and all that shit. Uh, Sonia and uh, Ramona are drunk. Drunk, drunk, drunk. Pissy drunk. Pissy drunk means so drunk you might piss on yourself and not even notice. Drunk. Um, Bethany's being annoying, obviously, because she is annoying. But something is wrong with Kelly. Like, she shouldn't have been on the trip. And... Like, this is what Bethany started. She's just like, I don't want to argue with it. Like, something's wrong. And, like, at one point, they're having lunch or whatever, and Bethany's father's just died. She has a lot of complicated feelings about that, obviously, because she had a complicated relationship with him. And, like, guys, you cannot, like, be in the best of terms with your parents and still be, like, feel emotional uh, when they die. And she does. She feels emotional, but also, like, there's a lot of, like I said, it's complicated. And she's talking a little bit about it with the ladies. And they're, like, talking to her about it. And Kelly keeps going, you know, a lot of people have been through this. Like, you know, you just have to get over it. You just have to stop talking about it. You just, you, you're not the only one. And it's really. And then, so this is the start of, um. All the skinny girl stuff, right? So, Bethany has made a dinner. Uh, and she also has... And, like, Kelly's like, I don't want to eat this food. And Bethany hears her and is like, you don't have to eat this food. You don't have to be here. You don't, have to, you don't talk to me. You don't do any of that. If you don't want any of it, just let me know. And Kelly's upset. And then her, then her steak is underdone. And, like, Bethany has to go back and, like, cook it. And she's like... Yeah, it's, it's underdone. Like, there's, like, mistakes happen, but, like, fuck. And because, you know, she's basically been calling her out this whole time. And then at some point, um, Bethany, uh, I guess somebody, production or Bethany or something, leaves, like, a little bag of, a skinny girl bag full of, like, skinny girl stuff, right? Um, that Bethany has given to everyone. And <laughs> they film Kelly opening her door to see it. She's like, ew. <laughs> and she's going through she's like why the fuck would she do this <laughs> like, like like she's opening it as if it is dog poop <laughs> she's just like i don't know why she'd do this like this is ridiculous <laughs> yeah and then kelly leaves um and kelly's not just arguing with and this other thing if it was just with bethany it would be something but kelly's going at it with ramona um they're screaming at each other. She's going at it with Sonia. Even Alex is like, something is wrong with Kelly. And so Kelly leaves. Oh, oh. She, but first she calls Jill. And Jill, we see a scene with Jill and Lou where Jill is like, I didn't even understand what Kelly was saying. Like, what she was saying was nonsense. She just, I got to j gather just she was locked in her room, which is not true, but I guess that's what Kelly said. She's like, I'm going to go surprise them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Lou's like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> and Lou was right. Because after Kelly leaves, 
and they finally just breathe. Everyone's just kind of like, like, it's everybody just she's home. I don't know what that was, but she's home, and like we're just gonna we got a couple more days, and we're just gonna real fucking relax. Jill's like, hi guys. <laughs> And they can hear her voice like into the courtyard. And Ramona just goes, oh, Jill's here. <laughs> it is very funny. Um, yeah, I'm going to finish this up. I don't know how far in the New York I'm going to go. They they have some real downer seasons. I'm just be honest. Like you have to have a real affection for Ramona, Sonia, Lou, uh, I don't know how you have an infection for Bethany, but uh, <laughs> Bethany's a lot, guys. Um, let, let me take it back. It's not that I don't know you have an infection for Bethany. I obviously had an infection for Bethany in seasons one, two, and three. But, like, she's a, she's a lot to, to take care of. She's a lot, guys. So you, But the thing about New York is when they don't have great seasons... You have to get by on your affection for Ramona, Lou, and Sonia. Um, Jill's out in season four, right? I think so. Um, yeah, and the truth is I have no affection for Ramona, Lou, and Sonia. I, like, maybe Lou. Maybe. In this, I'm watching an episode, and Kelly says that she wants to be the Robin of somebody's Batman. And Lou's like, who's Batman? <laughs> There's a lot I don't... And and then she's 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 filming she's filming she's recording money can't buy you class and she's like you know it's just not as much work as I thought you do the vocals and he does all the magic in the studio so that I can spend the rest of my time with my children I'm like you don't spend time with your children that's why he's so fucking bad uh I wonder if Noel is on Tinder and he goes on like dates and shit and uh, his dates say remember that time you took those break dancing classes. <laughs> first season of Real Housewives of New York I wonder if the like gets away from him I don't know but what I was saying basically is that like you that the the rough seasons of New York mm, I, let me go back let me go like because I really want to say this correctly it's not see like everybody has some rough seasons all the franchises do but to really love the housewives of New York you have to have an affection for Ramona Sonia and Lou and I don't really have an affection for them. I don't like Ramona. I never have. I, I don't find Ramona, like, entertaining or any of that shit. Yeah, she does some wild shit. Uh, yeah, I, she did walk down that, that uh, runway looking like she was having, I don't know, some sort of uh, out-of-body experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like... There's an affection that I have for someone as terrible like Nini. And obviously, you guys know I'm a Portia apologist. And I I have an affection for a Giselle or something like that. That, like, I just don't have for Ramona. So, a lot of stuff people find, like, iconic about New York, I just don't because I don't, I'm not into Ramona. Um, I don't even hate Ramona like that. I just, I'm just not that into her. Um, so I don't know how far I'm going to go with it, but I really like to get through Heather Hollow Thompson. I really like to get through there because I want to, I want to like write down how many times she mentions that she worked with black people before. And so <laughs> I'm obviously not going to get to current season because there's no fucking way I would sit through the current season. Uh, you cannot, uh, 
realize that you have left a city that is incredibly diverse and the all you had on there was a half Japanese lady with an eating disorder. And then you add some color to it next to Ramona. You can't do that. It was a... T- I, I, I listened to every single recap of it. Kara did great recaps of it. Like, you guys know I'm a Kara stan. I'll listen to anything she fucking does. And no, I'm not watching that. Um, when you should have let Ramona go a while ago. But, you know, they're worried about whether the show stands without Ramona. Just like they worried if OC would stand without Vicky. And I think we understand that, that OC can live without Vicky. Uh... Maybe not. Maybe you need to find someone that can replace her, but you can live without Vicky. I don't know. I'm rambling here. Um, I want to do some show business before I talk about Rock of Love today. So first of all, let's talk about um, let's talk about the merch shop. Um, we have a merch shop for this podcast. It is at threadless.com backslash. No, excuse me. That's a lie. We have a, a merch shop for this um podcast it's at buypumpkin.threadless.com and there's a new there's a new uh design in there to go with this season of rock of love um check it out anything if you buy things from the merch shop you help the podcast that's it so take a look at it you might see it on the instagram check it out uh also there's a patreon that goes with this podcast is at patreon.com backslash buypumpkin uh every week i do a bonus episode on for patreon subscribers it's five bucks a month there's also a tier that's 10 bucks a month in which once you get all those weekly episodes and then once a month you get to buy a princess diaries episode for me which is just me talking shit about my life um it's limited to about 50 subscribers and it's usually full but check it out sometimes people drop out for various reasons and a spot opens up and you can take it uh with the money i get from patreon i try to donate to better causes than myself and you know just people doing the good work out here it's it's a fucking terrible world guys it sucks okay um sometimes i think i'd be happier if i didn't know so much but unfortunately i know too much and sometimes it's hard to like even just get through the day because of how crushingly terrible the day is i hope that this podcast is one of those things that you can listen to and be like you know it's not that bad out there at least princess is talking about um whether or not ramona is willing to go to quag <laughs> so um but so every month i take the money i make off of patreon and i donate 10 percent of that to a cause that is out here doing the damn thing you know i saw a tweet talking about wanting to be the, the protagonist right of like social causes right so like wanting to be the hero and that like most of the time so like you can't be the protagonist that's not that's not the people that are going to help the most people donate people who who call their representatives people who do things like uh amplify causes though those are ways you can help and it and the reason you feel overwhelmed about things that you care about is because you cannot be the protagonist. Like right now, um, Governor of Texas is, uh, has directed CPS, uh, Texas uh, 
uh, Department of uh, Children and Protective Services or whatever to investigate uh, families with trans kids, right? Uh, for child abuse and neglect. And I don't know what to say about that. Like, so when I was a foster parent, I had to take several classes on how to how to take care of LGBTQIA kids. Like, what's the right thing to do and not do? By the way, in Texas, if you don't, I mean, you don't have to foster any kids, right? At all. Like, you don't have, like, any kid they offer, you can say no to. But if um, a child is, I believe, over the age of 10 and doesn't want to be in, like, a uh, a queer home, they don't have to be. Like they can, they, they can decide, they can say they don't want to. And so like, it's all voluntary by the way, but they want you to like, I went through so many training classes about how to help kids with gender expression and how to help kids dealing with expressing their sexuality in hostile environments and like ways to help them open up, ways to help them at school, ways to help them like. Like, what to do if this happens and that happens? Like, and none of them said, make sure you call in a report if somebody's got a transgender kid. I just don't even understand how that executive order jives with what the department is supposed to be doing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, CBS is an arm of law enforcement, but like, so, you know, and I always tell you guys that, like, uh, that system is fucking broken, but it's broken because of the people in it are broken, and I don't know how to fix that part. I don't know what to do about that. Like, I don't, I, you gotta come up with, you gotta talk to somebody else with the ideas on that, because I don't even fucking know where to start. But, um, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, because the thing about it is that, like, like, the worst thing about, getting like an investigation on your records you know is that like it never ends okay so let's say somebody's mad at you and calls in a cp calls an anonymous cps whatever and whatever they said is, is happening isn't happening but they show up and you smoke a little weed weed's illegal in texas and that's enough to open a fucking case on you um they show up on the day your kid was running with fucking scissors, even though you told him a million times not to run with scissors, and now they have to invest. Like, it's it's a whole fucking thing. And having CPS investigate your family is traumatic for a child. It is a trauma in itself. And then imagine if they, imagine if they remove them. I don't know, it's fucking terrible. But what I can't, I like, and like, if you want to be a protagonist of that story, I guess you drive down to Texas and get all the trans kids in your car and drive them away. But that's like, that's like not possible. And so if you think of yourself in that way, and it's like, I don't, like the only way I can help is to do that. It makes it feel like you can't do anything. And that's actually the worst thing, right? When it feels like you're helpless and you can't do anything. And and so you don't do anything, right? Yeah, so I just like, it's important to remember that 
you personally don't have to end homelessness. You personally don't have to prevent Florida from passing their don't say gay uh, legislation. What you can do is you can help people who already, who know better than you do, who already, boots on the ground already, who already are doing the work, give them what they need, which is usually money, to be honest, to help, to fight their causes. Um, and so in particular for this, as I feel like fairly helpless um, in what's going on uh, with this new executive order uh, from our horrendous governor, I know that every month I get money from Patreon and I can donate money somewhere to help. And this month I donated to, let me make sure I'm saying this name correctly. It's the Central Texas Transgender Health Coalition. Um, it is a program throughout youth. Uh, it, out youth serves Central Texas and Central Texas youth on their allies with, they just have programs to basically make sure that they can like get through these years to become like the promising young adults that they have a right to be. Uh, they all, they often, um, operate community centers. They provide resources to families, schools, healthcare providers, and particular the health coalition works with um, education amongst uh, healthcare providers on providing trans youth with uh, appropriate healthcare and also providing resources to trans youth in their families in seeking healthcare. And that's uh, essentially, that's honestly what this executive order is about. Um, trans youth getting appropriate healthcare and the state making wanting to wanting that to be illegal and wanting to stop that. And so we donated some dollars over there. And so if you're a Patreon member, thank you. Every time you send money for the each month, you are helping us send money someplace that needs it. Um, you're making it so that I'm able to do this podcast. The fact that I make money on this podcast is shocking every fucking month because all I'm doing is talking about dumb shit talking about uh what kind of wig uh Brett Michaels is wearing that type of shit and and some and somehow somehow I'm able to make money doing it and also to, to divert that money to some causes I care about um so if you can be a member of the patreon please do Again, it's at patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. If you can't, that's okay too. Everybody's budget is different. Maybe you just don't fucking want to. That's fine too. I, you know what? Just listening is helpful. But you can also leave me a fucking five-star review. I need more reviews, guys. Leave me a review. Shit. Apple Podcasts helps the most. But, I mean, wherever you're listening, leave me a fucking review. And... If you've already left me a review and you've already asked all your friends to leave leave you a review to the point where they're like, please stop texting me. I don't even listen to that podcast. Um, You can also follow me at OkayThenPrinces on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me at Podcast on Instagram. And like, I just want to say thank you to people listening to this. I want to say thank you to people who subscribe, people who buy merch at Threadless. 
I just thank you to everybody. And I know it sucks. Like, I know it feels like everything sucks. But hopefully I give you a couple hours a week where you don't have to think about that too much. So that said, let's talk about fucking Rock of Love. We're on... Season one, episode eight, it's the Super Fan Challenge. Uh, there are five ladies left. And they're, and you know, they're talking about how there'll only be four left after today. And that's interesting because these challenges take two to three days, depending, two-ish days. Um, if they're taking breaks for crew, they might take a little, they, they might end up with like a couple of days off every now and then. But, uh... It's interesting because this challenge is going to be a one-day challenge. Because the way Jess and um, Lacey are talking, they said at the end of today, there will only be four. And they haven't started their challenge yet. So that means all this shit happens in one day, which makes sense when you look at it. I know a lot of times when we watch this, it'll be like, uh, it'll be like, you know, they wake up the next day and go on a trip, go on a date or whatever. But this is really obvious that all this happened in one day. So Big John shows up with a bad poem about what will happen next. And they figure out they're going to meet some of Brett's fans. Jess says she can't help but think they're going to be some big haired 80 girl, 80s girls who look a lot like Heather. And then she says, ew. And like, yeah, Jess, um, those are Brett's fans, right? Those are Brett's fans. Which is why it's incredibly hard to believe that you are here for Brett. Um, yeah, that's why it's really easy to believe that Heather's here for Brett because she's looking the part. <laughs> so um, Heather says she's pretty sure Brett's super fans are a bunch of hot girls and it's cool by her because she's not jealous. Lacey, Brandy, and Sam are excited, but they're going to talk. Excuse me. Brand, Jess, Brandy, and Sam are excited because they're like, we're going to get some outside people who are not in this fucking house talking to Lacey. And they're going to see what we say. Um, guys, like, it's obvious that... So, I always talk about this in regards to RuPaul's Drag Race, right? Because it's a similar type show. In that the people making decisions our production and the main character, which is RuPaul or Brett, whatever. And Ru- RuPaul's a part of production, right? So, I mean, it's hard to distinguish, but um, I don't think Brett can get rid of Lacey. I, I don't think Brett would have kept Lacey. I think production made him keep Lacey. Because if Lacey's gone, there is no show. It's, it's going to be boring. There is no show. Remember, there's a, there's, there's a, bunch of different type of players on this um they're all tropes and we got the pick me we got the mary sue a mary sue is a character who nothing is ever their fault they are essentially someone who like everything happens to them um and and also when people tell you stories about how everything happens to them and nothing's ever their fault it means they have no agency too so that's part of it um they're usually the one that wins um and we got the player, the real fucking player, and that's Lacey here. And the player has got to stay towards the end because they usually, they make the best villains. Um, so, like, there is a reason Brett still has Lacey here, and it's not because he's super attracted to her, by the way. Um, 
So next we see Brett and he intros the fans who have literal fans blowing their hair as they come in. Um, imagine watching that. Imagine you're one of the ladies and contestants and you have to watch production set up a fan for these ladies' entrance. So their names are Amy, Kai, and Allison. Um, they are not the old, I think it's Amy who's been a fan for 10 years, but everyone else has been, the other two have been fans for five and four years. And so they're not fans from around the poison days. They're fans from the Brett Michaels band days. They're fans from the festival tour days where, or, and when I say festival, I mean, uh, county fairs. <laughs> those days so that's interesting i mean listen you either went two ways two one or two ways uh either these are actual like fan fans and brett's fucked them all right because that makes sense doesn't it or these people are from straight from central casting and that makes sense too i'm not sure but These aren't like OG fans. They're recent fans. And the facts are things like through through um what did he say? Through a drunk girl off the off the tour bus, named her cat poison. Like <laughs> And I just want to know what the criteria was. If these are real fans, what's the criteria for getting them on the show? Um so Brett leaves and Amy sends them all outside to wait for their turn. It's rainy and cold. Uh, Jess is annoyed because she lives there and Amy doesn't. I mean, Jess, you don't really live there either, but okay. And also, why did you make them sit outside when it's obvious? So after they do the little interrogation, they go sit on the couch and wait. And I understand you don't want them all sitting on the couch so they can talk about what happened while they were in there. But there are rooms, there are other places they could have been sitting. Like, they put them outside on purpose. Um, Brandy's the first one up. Like I said, they got to set up, like, an interrogation. There's a big light in, there's a light going towards her face, like, lighting her up. And there's a light overhead. Um, and they're sitting at a table and Brandy's standing up, which... I don't know. It seems uncomfortable, but it seems like they're doing that on purpose. They ask her questions during what she does. Brandy's a stripper. I knew that because Lacey had talked about what happens when you leave two strippers in the house by themselves. And that's Brandy and um, Heather. But I don't think Brandy has ever said to us, the audience, that she's a stripper. Um, they asked Brandy if this is just her ticket out of the strip club. She says, so far, No. Which, why would she say yes to that? No one's going to say yes to that. They ask if she wants to strip forever. And she says she's going to school for interior design and architecture. Which sounds made up, to be honest. Interior design and architecture. Architecture is a very specific degree. A very specific career path. Interior design is a much softer career path. And when she said interior design and architecture, it reminded me of those lists of like subjects you can study. Remember if you guys used to watch, well, used to, I used to watch a lot of daytime TV. I'd be freelancing and this is before like streaming. I did have a DVR, but this is before streaming and like, you know, you just kind of turn it on the channel and leave it there and there'd be all these commercials for ICDCI or whatever, like different schools. And they'd be like, what can you study? Architecture, interior design. And... It absolutely sounds made up. 
So I don't know if Brandy's lying or if she really is taking like a correspondence course for in- interior design and architecture. I'm unsure, but mm, I don't know. And then they ask her, what does she want to design? Strip clubs? Guys, that was unnecessary. These these ladies are bitches, okay? <laughs> and which makes me feel like they're actual fans because I just don't, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone from casting would, would feel obligated to be really mean to these ladies for no reason. I don't know. Maybe they're acting. I don't know, but it like, <sighs> this would not have set well with me. I was like, and also, like, so when we did the Flavor of Love season, it was Gita who came and Brigitte Nielsen. And there was a reason for her to be mean, right? These women, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it feels like they're being mean for fun. When Gita was getting into it with hoops, <laughs> it felt like <laughs> it felt like it was a personal thing. And it wasn't like, just like, let me fuck with her, you know? I'm not sure. Um, so they ask if he wasn't some rich rock star, would she be interested? And she says no, because she's never been with a rock star before. She's lying, of course. I would have said, if he wasn't some rich rock star, would you have, would you be a super fan? Right? If he worked at Hardee's, would you be a super fan? I don't think so. You know, but they probably wouldn't like that. Um... They're like, you have an answer for everything. Yeah, she, you're asking her questions. She has to answer them. What are you talking about? What is she supposed to say? I don't know. Then you'd be like, she doesn't know anything. Um, and then her hair starts smoking from the overhead light. And they they see it first before before Brandy M is like, shit, is my like head on fire? Like, you know, she's probably got, she has one of, what's, I don't know what that's called, where they kind of like poof it up in the front and they put bobby pins in it to kind of, do the thing and I bet her bobby pins were like cooking I bet that shit hurt um Sam's next they ask her how she knows that Brett likes her and she says they connect on an emotional level and talk a lot because she's insecure in the house why she say that that's the worst fucking thing to say first of all insecure has negative connotations with it so if you tell someone you're insecure someplace they it just sounds bad and, but, you know, they pick right up on that. Um, not that, you know, production didn't already fucking tell them that. Um, she's, they're like, um, maybe, but Brett's a nice guy. He talks to everybody. It's basically being like, how do you know he, he actually likes you? Because he'll talk to anybody. I know he likes me because I'm still fucking here and he didn't send me home yet. Um, then they ask her for, to do her best fake orgasm and she won't do it because she doesn't feel comfortable and they're like what you never fake it you're too shy to moan right now and she tells her she tells them she she tells us not the the super fans that she's not gonna do something to embarrass herself so they can use it against her later and i feel like that's the right move like shut up (laughs) like what this is so stupid um i have like a visceral reaction to this because like you guys know I hate a mean girl. I hate a group of people that try to make other people feel bad. And this is what this feels like. And I don't know. I, I wouldn't have reacted very well to them either. Uh, it, it's so... When <laughs> when Brigitte was doing... Was reenacting Basic Instinct. I found that to be funny. And I would have been like Goldie. When 
she's taking the lie detector and she's like, do you like me? And Goldie's like, yes. <laughs> Cause I would have thought it was very funny. I'm like, look at her doing her basic instinct, uh, cosplay <laughs> over here talking about, do we love foofy food? You know, I don't love him girl. What are you talking about? <laughs> like I would have found that incredibly like, um, uh, entertaining, but this seems more like, I don't know, some mean shit that I'm not like, I'm not into this. Um, you know, so then they tell her she seems like she's going to break down right here. Does she see a therapist? Brittany's to date a really strong woman, a secure woman. And Sam doesn't say much back to them and just says, okay. And when she gets to the couch to wait with Brandy, who's already gone, Sam immediately starts crying. You know, Brandy's comforting her. She says she feels bad. She hates girls and that they're evil bitches. Like Sam, I think Sonia was talking about this. Sam gives the not all girls vibe. Like, you know, I'm not like the other girls vibe. She does do that. Um, She seems like somebody who is very much like, I don't have any girlfriends because because I don't get along with catty bitches. And I'm like, okay, well, why do you keep trying to hang out with catty bitches? Because not everybody's catty. And and I automatically suspect people who, women who can't have friendships with other women, are, I like, something's wrong with them. And I'm sorry if you're a person listening to this and you're like, why is person saying something's wrong with me? Because I would think something was wrong with you. If you cannot make friendships with other women, any other women, none in the world... It says something about you. Um, it says something about you desperately needing to be the only bitch and how you navigate the world. And Sam gives me those vibes. Guys, I'll, you know, I'll talk more about Sam later. But, like, she's very upset and she's, like, you know, these evil bitches have hurt her. So it's just his turn. They ask her the name of the drummer and poison. She doesn't know because that happened before she was born, guys. I had to look it up. Well, poison happened before I before I was like it's before my time too. <laughs> I only know anything about them because I used to watch a hell of a lot of VH1 growing up. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have no idea who these people are. Um, they ask her if those were her real boobs, and Jess is like, "Of course, she would not buy boobs that small." Also fair. <laughs> They ask her if she's a good kisser and Jess should have said, ask Brett. I've kissed him a lot, but she says she is and they tell her to show them and they pressure her to make out one of the fans who basically like, is like, she's in the lip biting when asked how it was. They ask how people are getting along in the house and she says she doesn't like Lacey. They ask her if Lacey's crazy and Jess says she has thought that in the past. Um... Heather's the next one, and they home right in on a stripper life right away. She says, um, to a lot of questions about whether she's going to strip forever. She tells them that she's going to get Brett tattooed on her neck, and she doesn't care if they slept with Brett because she would because they're all hot. And Heather thinks she did well with it. I I do, too, because she just, she just seemed... Like, this is the type of shit Heather's built for. And this is yet another page in my dissertation, Heather should have won Rock of Love. She's built for this type of shit. Uh, she's the exact opposite of a Sam, who is not. Um, now it's Lacey's turn. Lacey's from Dallas. She moved to LA two years previous, which is interesting because it's not, I don't know, I didn't know that. And to find out that Lacey is newly into LA and gets on this show is like, hmm. 
Yeah, we see why you're here, man. <laughs> it's obvious. I don't know why nobody calls her out on that. Like, oh, so you just moved to L.A. from Dallas and you suddenly find yourself in a casting call to 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 win a relationship with a rocker? Mm. Um, she, uh, you know, they ask if she sings and they have her sing one of Brett's songs. She chooses Every Rose because why? We've been listening to it forever, over and over again. And they're all giggling through her singing, which I find to be rude as fuck. I'm not saying that Lacey's the best singer. I'm, in fact, I don't, I'm not really into that whispery voice she has, but like, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. They're over there giggling while she's singing. It's fucking rude. I don't even like Lacey. She deserves to be, people to be rude to her. Um... They ask her if she would be surprised if no one in the house liked her. And she says no. She tells them she doesn't have anger issues, but she's aggressive. And we get a flashback to her bullying the fuck out of Dallas. I mean, if Dallas had pushed her down the stairs and kicked her in her face, she would have deserved. She, she would have been right in that. Um, Lacey figures out that everyone else has talked badly about her. I mean, what do you mean figure it out? Nobody likes you. Heather barely, she only likes you to, like, you and Heather are uh, friends of convenience. Oh, sorry. I'm playing with a little, like, lock, and I keep dropping it. Uh, so, where was I? Um, you know, Lacey says the classic reality TV line, I'm not here to make friends. I don't know. Do you go anywhere to make friends? But, like, I show up places the way I want to be seen. Like, I don't care what people think about me. Not really. I'm not, not... Not more than like, you know, at a base level, humans care about what the humans think about them. But, and so like, obviously I feel that, that, that very human feeling. But like, in terms of like making people feel a certain way about me, I don't care. What I care about is whether or not my intentions land. And like, if I meant to be bitchy to you, that's fine. But if I was just like meaning to like, you know, chit chat with you. And then I said some rude shit to you. I feel bad about that. Cause I'm not, my intention wasn't to be rude. And like, I feel like people who say I'm not here to make friends are, I don't know. There's not a place you go to make friends. You make friends in life because you, you find like-minded people. So if you just show up someplace all the time, like, mm, I don't want to make any friends here. I don't know. I just, Lacey's like the worst of reality TV and she's such a throwback. I mean, honestly, it's still happening in 2022, but she's such a throwback. You know, when I'm thinking about Married at First Sight, Alyssa, like complaining about how she's being shown and she's like, I'm a nice person, so if it doesn't come off, you guys edited me wrong. I'm like, there's no way you could be edited into a nice, you cannot be edited into a nice person. You sound horrendous. You are acting so badly. There's no way you're going to get a good edit in this, Alyssa. I don't even know. But you know what? I was going to say, I don't even know how you thought that could happen. But you know what? The more I think about it, I'm forgetting that on the set, long hours, eating food, eating weird food, um, being manipulated by production, I, it can be hard to see what you're going to actually look like. Um, Lacey wants us to think that, like, this was her intention the whole time. I don't know if this was her intention the whole time. I think that's just something she says to, like, to make herself feel better. I don't know if this was her intention the whole time. 
They ask her if she's stable. She says, oh yeah, absolutely. And they ask her about a therapist. Lacey sees one. They ask her about medication. She's like, yeah, I'm on medication. I resent the show for this narrative that like, something's wrong with Lacey. She's on medication. I'm on medication too, bitch. I don't act like Lacey. Like, Lacey's doing this because she is playing a reality TV game. That is not... Like, I resent the fact that they turned this into, like, Lacey's crazy. Uh, look, she's on medication. She sees a therapist. I, this is the one of my least favorite episodes, to be honest, which is why, if you notice, I don't have a ton to say about it. And it's pro- it's because I, I find this episode to be unnecessary. And I understand that every episode, you got to get somebody that comes on. And so, like, in season two, obviously, the, the person that comes on is Heather, right? You know, um... You know, if they were actually doing this, his baby mama would have been there in the hot seat. Being like, hey, you're going to be a stepmother to my kids. Let's 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 learn more about you. But I mean, obviously, she didn't want to participate in this because they were still fucking and all other kinds of things. So I don't know. They ask Lacey if Brett, if she thinks Brett want, Brett's wants a crazy, volatile woman. She says she doesn't consider herself crazy and volatile. And then the show does a flashback of her dragging Jess in the pool, which I maintain was like top tier. What the fuck are you doing? You can kill somebody doing something like that. But I still don't think Lacey's volatile. I don't think that. I think she's a bitch. And I think that she is incredibly competitive and she is she is fully aware she's on reality TV. Whereas a lot of the other women are kind of forgetting that they're on TV. You know, they say that if you're like, and you're filming reality, like the first bit, it's it's super obvious. Like you're like really conscious of the camera, but by a couple of shoots in, you, you, stop, you start to forget the camera's there. And I don't know if I could ever do that, but Lacey does not forget she's on TV. And she's, she... And I also think that it's possible Lacey caught on to the fact that she is still on this show because of the shit she's doing and not necessarily she has some sort of connection to Brett. You know what I mean? I don't think Lacey and... uh, I don't think she gets a lot of like alone time when the camera's not moving with Brett. I don't think that happens. And so it's possible that she actually realizes that, you know, this is the only thing keeping her in the game, you know? It's possible. And keep in mind, you're like, why would she want to stay on this? Like, so just like now, if you're on The Bachelor or even Married at First Sight or whatever, or Love is Blind, that's new out too. Um, even now... The longer you're on the show, the more flat tummy tea you can sell on your Instagram, right? When this was out, when this show was out, the longer you're on the show, the more likely you can you can book club hosting gigs, you know, um, spinoffs and things like that. And so it's I just feel like Lacey's got her eyes on that prize, not necessarily Brett. I still think it's rude to laugh when she's singing after you ask her to sing on the spot. With no accompaniment. Like, I don't know. Stupid. Um, so the super fans so basically they're they're all done. Um, the super fans come out and then like it's dinner time. They're all expected to eat together and mingle. 
And like you see Lacey like kind of sucking up to them because they are deciding who's going out on the date and who's like in the bottom. You see Lacey kind of sucking up to them and just vibing with them and everyone else talking and Sam goes upstairs and I would have too. Like you're not going to sit here and be like, are you seeing a therapist? And the truth is they probably are all like got similar questions and they just highlighted certain questions for certain um, contestants for us in the editing. But like you're not going to sit there and imply that I'm not a strong independent woman because I don't want to be in this house like in this viper's nest with these women and and then ask me am I seeing a therapist and my own medication and then we're just going to sit down and have barbecue chicken together. I'm not doing that. And this is part of the reason why I can never be in an ensemble cast of, of, um, on reality TV. Um, I'm, I'm also watching the second season of Salt Lake City. So guys, when I say, usually when I say I keep up with my shows, I'm not watching them. I'm not laying eyes on them. I just listen to podcasts or, or I, I'm subscribed to channels on YouTube that do, um, recaps and so I'm always keeping up the recaps so I had never laid eyes on the Salt Lake City girls I had always said to myself I'm gonna watch it at the end of the first season and I got busy I have time to do it and I was like I already know what happens so I only recently went back and rewatched season one and let me tell you I was like oh that's what you look like oh oh Brooks Mark came on the screen I was like I hate this person <laughs> immediately I hate him <laughs> and I, it has a lot to do with the fact that he is Meredith's child that is like that thinks he's one of the main characters and I'm like get off my fucking screen Brooks these sweats get out of here <laughs> like Meredith's face is kind of lopsided like her lips I don't know it's weird how she and like you know, Lisa, like, obviously I'm listening to the Watch What Crappens guys, like, imitate Lisa Barlow. And I, and then I listened to Lisa Barlow's voice. I was like, oh, they were doing a good job. <laughs> you know, and so, so, why am I talking about that? Why am I talking about that? <laughs> um, I was recently thinking that they did very well on that casting. Because it could have been different. Um. I do not remember why I'm talking about that at all. Oh, 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 because oh. um, I'm rewatching because, you know, I'm pick I, I'm they're doing they're in their reunion. So I'm catching up on season three of uh, season two. And like, I'm not a person that can just show up and be like, oh, man, you sound like a Lego character and I look like Shrek. That's fine. Let's start over. It's, it's really impossible for me. Uh, I'm a champion grudge holder and like. I don't think I could go down there, whether they were acting or not, and let them talk all that shit to me. And then, like, we're supposed to eat fucking dinner together. I'm not doing that. So, like, I understand why Sam went upstairs. Um, just, like, when Brett comes out to drink with them, he notices Sam isn't there. I mean, there's only five ladies left, so it's easy to notice when someone's not there. And so Jess goes up to check on her. And as soon as she walks in the room, Sam's like, I'm leaving. And to Jess's credit... She tries to talk her out of it. Not every person on a show like this would do that. I, I don't know that I would. We'll get to why I wouldn't. But um, like most people would be like, oh, why? And then if she was like leaving, then she's leaving. 
in the end, Jess, like, is basically like, I'll, you know, I'll support you no matter what. She doesn't want her to leave because, you know, she doesn't want to be alone. Jess says that Sam's the only other person there that she can, like, you know, vibe with, which is interesting because I thought she vibed with Brandy, but okay, I guess not. I think Brandy, like, goes between groups in a lot of ways. Um... Yeah, you know, Sam basically says she doesn't want to be, she doesn't have to be, she doesn't deserve to be interrogated like that. She doesn't, she she shouldn't have to try to prove anything to these women. And I agree, like, you shouldn't. Like, already Sam is having issues with all the ladies in the house. And then these new ladies show up that are, that are even ruder than Lacey in a certain way. Um, yeah, you know, I get, I get where she's coming from. I will feel similarly, but. We'll talk more about Sam in a minute. So Brett takes the super fans to the side of the talks. They talk about Brandy's canned answers. They talk. They think that Jess could get on a tour bus and be fine. They like having the most, but they don't think she could be alone at home while Brett's on the road. Well, how come Jess could get on a tour bus, but what about Heather? Why can't Heather get on that tour, tour bus? Tour, ah, tour bus. They really like Sam and they want to... I'm like, if you really like Sam, then why the fuck were you talking to her all wild? You don't even know Sam. That, that sounds like a lie. Anyway... And they want to talk to her about not leaving. And as for Lacey, they just say no when she bring, when he brings her up. <laughs> so then they choose Heather to go on the date. And when they announce it, Heather does a cartwheel. So on the date, Brett takes her to get a tattoo, which should be against the law. It should be against the law for you to be on a reality TV show and for someone to be like, let's go get tattoos. <laughs> it should be against the law, but okay. And he's even telling her, you got, because remember, she wants to get his name on the back of her neck. And, and that day it didn't go. But um, he's like, you got to get an old E, old E, old English. And I'm like, that should be against law, too. But fine. <laughs> Brett says that if Heather goes through this, it would impress him for life. By the way, he- Heather's wearing pink camo pants, a white crop top. And a white belt that is literally around nothing. Just her waist. There's no loops or anything. She just got it on her waist. Like it's separating from her pants and everything. It's real weird looking. And a pink bandana. And this is the youngest Heather has ever looked. Ever. Heather's got a hard face. She's Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she's not beautiful. Like Sonya said when she was on the show. I gotta get Sonya back on the show. I'm always referring to her. I, I gotta get Sonya back on the show. Um, Heather said, um, like Sonya said, she just looks old. She been looked old. So it is what it is. But in this scene, this is the youngest Heather's ever looked. So she goes through with it and Brett is crouched down and they're holding each other's arms while she's doing it. Uh, this is Brandy. This is um, Heather's first tattoo ever. Heather's what, 33, 35 years old? And this is her first tattoo and it's Brett Michael's name. A guy she met on a dating show on VH1. Something wrong with Heather, too. Um, I honestly think the competitive nature got to got to Heather. Um, you know, uh, Brett is telling us that tattoos are erotic. And he's had some of the best sex of his life after getting tattoos. Heather says she knows tattoos are forever, but this is her showing that she's down for Brett forever. She's probably known this person a smooth three weeks, maybe. What, what episode is this? Nine? Hold on, let me go back. Let me go back up in my notes. This is episode eight. They, we take, they take about two days each. And they take about two days each. She's known him for just over two weeks. 
if they take about if they take some bricks because of um for crew and union and shit like that, uh they've known each other they might have known each other three weeks. I can't even. I can't even. I think this is where Heather lost the game, honestly, guys. I think this is where she lost it. Um I think that if Heather had gone into the last couple episodes of the season rethinking how she felt about Brett being like, I don't know, you know, I know, I know that I'm the one for him, but is he the one for me? I think that that would have added a little gravitas to the, uh, I'm not even using that word correctly. I would have think that would have act, that would have added a little action to the, to the, uh, to the show that they needed. And Heather might've won. But I think getting this tattoo on her neck, being all in on him, being like, whatever, I'll do whatever, really was like, nah, she's not it. And like, she looks so happy. And I'm like, and they're like kissing. And she's like, mm, this is my first tattoo. I love it. Mm. And I'm like, girl, you just lost. <laughs> so, you know, back in the house, um, everyone goes up to talk to Sam. And Sam rightfully is like, yeah, everyone came in my room, including those three bitches. Oh, yeah, why don't you bring those those bitches into my room? Like, call me downstairs. They tell her they don't want to make her feel uncomfortable. They just want to get to know people and they love her. How? You don't even know her. You don't even, what do you mean you love her? What you love about her? Um, They want her to stick it out at least 24 more hours, like, and see if she feels the same way. Even Lacey is saying that, but she's just doing it to try to, like, rehab her image as the devil um later when they're alone jess ends up pleading with sam to stay and sam says she's worried about being rejected and jess says that she is too but she needs sam to stay and sam says she's gonna face her fears and stay guys i want sam to leave <laughs> i want sam to leave because sam is starting to leave for three episodes now maybe even four I want her to leave. It's like, you guys ever worked in a cubicle next to somebody who want to quit every day and, and every day they keep showing up, but all they talk about the whole time they're there is they want to quit. I just want you to quit. I just want you to go. Do the thing that makes you happy. But you cannot stand here and complain and like bring the rest of us down. And just just wants Sam to stay for purely selfish fucking reason. Let's get that real. Let's get that right right now. She wants Sam to stay Probably because she thinks she could beat Sam, which I do too. I think she's had a better track record with Brett than Sam has. And also because she feels like, so she won't be bored and she won't be lonely. That is a selfish reason. And if I were Brett, if I if this, were, if this were Rock a Princess, well, we, it wouldn't be called Rock a Princess. If this was Princess of Love and... <laughs> And this was Princess of Love. Then if someone told me they wanted to leave, I'd be like, okay, go ahead and go. Because I'm not keeping people here that don't want to be here. I'm not doing that. I don't do that in regular relationships. I don't do that. If somebody wants to leave me, I'd be like, all right. Best of luck on your future endeavors. I do not try to keep people who don't want to be here. And so, like, having to constantly talk to Sam and be like, you need to stay, you need to stay. Like, just let it go. She don't want to be here. Um, 
And there is like, I know there is an argument to be had of like, listen, this is an unusual situation and she just doesn't do well in this situation. And like, if you guys had met like, I don't know, at a cafe where she was doing open mic night and you were jonesing for coffee. I don't, I don't know why Brett would be in the open mic night, but whatever. And you met her, you guys might like really hit it off and go from there. Now, I don't know why you hit it off. She's, you probably old enough to be her fucking father, but okay. You, and you guys hit it off and you guys got to know each other that way. You guys actually might really get along and it might work and everything. That said, that's not what happened. We doing this. I like coulda, woulda, shoulda's. This is what's real. We're doing this. And she don't want to be here, so let her go. Um, that conversation that Sam and Jess have is only possible because the super fans have narrowed down the 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 wor- the two worst choices. And they say that's Brandy and uh, Lacey. And so they take them downstairs to talk to them. And I guess plead their case. And mostly it's just Lacey. Like Brandy, they don't really talk to Brandy. And it's just they think Lacey is crazy. Lacey's crazy. Their words. And they want to show that she's heartfelt and has emotions. And in response, Lacey starts fake crying about having the wall up, having to keep a wall to, to survive some of the things she's been through. No one believes she's crying. No one believes she's crying. The show does circus music over it. The the show does the same type of music it would have done if Hottie had been, <laughs> had been making chicken. Like that's it. <laughs> no one fucking believes it. Um, Jess does a very funny reenactment of that that includes pulling down her eyes and trying to pluck tears out of her eyes. Um, so during the midst of this, Heather and Brett come back. Heather is pumped from the tattoo. Um, she wants to show everybody. I mean, they're all down though. Cause they, cause you know, Brandy's down because they just told her she was like one of the worst two. Lacey's fake crying. Uh, Sam is talking about trying to go home. Jess, Jess doesn't want to see Heather. <laughs> you know, everybody's down. Uh, Brett is saying that seeing his name on her neck shows him something special. It would show me that like something was wrong with her. Like, if I were to be seeing somebody for a couple of weeks and they can't show up with my name tattooed on them, I would be like, what are your, ex- this is a lot of responsibility. What are your expectations of me? I actually, like, my parents, I guess they've been married 33, I think it's 33 years. I think so. I might be 36. I, I think it's 33 years. And I remember, like, at 20 years or something, maybe even, like, 25, I asked my mom, would she ever get... My dad's name tattooed on her. And she's like, "Mm -mm. you don't know what's going to happen. He might start acting wild next week. And if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. And I fully agree with her. We don't know what the fuck's going to happen. So (laughs) I'm certainly not going to get somebody's name tattooed on my neck who I met three weeks ago. Um, Like everyone's shocked by this. And she says she's in love with him. Jess says maybe not tonight, but she guarantees this dumb bitch, Heather, is going to regret getting that thing. And you know what? Not to spoil you guys, but she does. <laughs> so, um, when Brett goes to speak to the fans, they tell him to get rid of Lacey. And he says, yeah, everyone hates her. Why not you guys too? And again, he can't get rid of Lacey because production wants Lacey there. Production. Lacey is, makes things worth filming. Um, it's elimination day. 
Well, it's all the same day. So the, we're doing an elimination now. Sam has her hair pulled back. Sam looks so good with her hair pulled back. She she has such a beautiful face. When her hair is straight, she has that shag. She looks, she smells bad. And I'm not going to like apologize for feeling that way. She looks like if I walked past her, I would not take a deep breath. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but she looks so good. You should have been pulling your hair back a long time ago. She says she doesn't want to be here, but she wants to be with him. Now, if you remember, and maybe I need to go back, but I have this feeling that when they do those interviews prior to elimination and the girl is outside and they're doing an interview, this means she got eliminated because they don't do interviews with people outside that are eliminated. I feel like... I had forgotten which episode uh, Sam went home on. And then I saw that when she's like saying that and she's clearly outside. I was like, oh, she goes home on this episode. Um, you know, Lacey's upset that people don't like her. I'm like, you just, girl, you've been known they don't like her. And Heather's wearing all of the body glitter on earth. Heather is... Heather is body glitter personified, okay? <laughs> I, 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 there's nothing else to say about that. She just has it all on. Um, so Heather gets the first pass because she made a quote-unquote true commitment to him. Commitment is a mutual thing? <laughs> what, what commitment did he make to you, Heather? Nothing. Cool. All right. <laughs> Jess is next, and Brandy, oh, and Brett relays that the fan she kissed, Kai, says she's a really good kisser and a lip biter. Uh, Brandy is third, and who's going home between Lacey and Sam? And Lacey gets the pass, and Jess is pissed. It seems like Lacey got the pass because she was crying, because she's still fake crying into the elimination. She's fake crying after the elimination. Um, And then we see a talking hand where she's like, a few tears can go a long way. Like, oh. So Brett tells her that she he was sorry for everything she went through that day. You know, so I was like, yeah, she because she's crying. So he sends Sam home, and when he does, he says that what happens in this house is one tenth what would happen in the real world. I don't know if that's true. I really don't. I just don't. But you know what? I'll take Brett's word for it because like I'm thinking of like people are fine for Brett all the time but like I'm not thinking about people women like throwing themselves at Brett in a Brett centric place right so Brett is playing you came here to see Brett that makes more sense right yeah um and I agree with him I just don't think Sam this isn't the relationship for Sam at all she says, friends, and he says he was wishing for much more than that, but he hopes they'll be lifelong friends. And he's talking, and she's like, okay. Like, she's like, wants him to stop talking because I think she decided that she was going to give him a long, sexy kiss, and she did. And they had, like, she said, if he's sending her home, he's sending her home sensually or whatever. It's sloppy. He looks wet. <laughs> And she leaves. And Sam seems excited to go. And I'm excited for her. Like, I want Sam to leave. This is not the place for her. She wasn't going to win. She just wasn't. 
you know, the AMA that they were like, uh, that I'm, I say take it with a grain of salt. The one on, on Reddit that I say take it with a grain of salt because they're like, oh, they're verified. Oh, wait, maybe not verified. Who knows? Um, but they were talking about how from the beginning, they always felt like it was going to come down to Brandy M and Jess. And based on the way this is coming, that sounds about true. Um, next week they go to Vegas and Lacey and Brandy M get too turnt. Okay. And so I'm excited for that episode. I, like I said, this isn't my favorite episode. I, I find this, not the format, because they always do this on every format, okay? I think on uh, For the Love of Ray J, I think Brandy showed up. Brandy and Mama and Mama uh, Norwood showed up. I don't know. But, like, this, you got to prove it to so-and-so. Who cares more? It's, it's, it's whatever. Like, but I found that bringing in three super fans that Brett has obviously had sex with at least one or two of them, and having them, like, act incredibly mean and disparaging is I don't know it didn't it didn't sit it didn't sit well with me I would have much rather his baby mama I would have much rather some bandmates you know I would have much rather I don't know who did but who did Brett hang out with oh, pause let me see who Brett hung out with all the time I'm back. It says his best friend was a security guard who died, so we can't have ghosts show up on the show. So I guess that's wrong. But maybe a family member? He got a sister or something? <laughs> Somebody? <laughs> not these women. This was like an incredibly mean episode, and I, I'm not into it. Um, Next week, let's go to Vegas. Until then, guys. 